Hey, I'm Sean. And I'm Clayton, and we're men who like men who like movies. Two queer men who love movies, while talking about movies, and after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. Sean, welcome back, by the way, and what did you pick out for us to watch this time? Thank you. Um, it's good to be back. It's nice to get a little bit of normalcy. Um, I So the 4th of July is coming, and so I wanted to make you watch this. <laughs> and this is a found footage horror movie, um, and our first found footage horror movie. Yes. And I picked The Bay, which probably no one has barely heard of. <laughs> I find <laughs> most people haven't. <laughs> I had heard of it. I just had never seen it. I didn't even know what it was about. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty good. I enjoy this movie a lot. And we've got a special guest to help us out with this today. Ariel Powers Schaub, senior contributor and admin assistant for Ghouls Magazine. Thanks for being here with us, Ariel. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Super stoked to be here and to talk about this 4th of July disaster. Yeah, <laughs> I, love a 4th I was of very July excited disaster. to talk to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't believe this is your first found footage movie, too. That's really exciting, and I feel so honored. I love found footage, and so, like, to kick this off with you guys, like, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we technically, we have talked about a found footage, but not in our oh, main lineup. Well, we, then... talked to, we talked about the Outwaters with Robbie Banfitch when it came out. That's right. You did do that. But, yeah, then we I'm haven't not officially special, covered... <laughs> but that wasn't in our main lineup, and that was an interview, not a review, not like a review of <laughs> yes. a movie, so... It's this still is our, our first, first found film. footage movie review. Okay, so you well, I feel special again. Special. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> and we're glad to have you for it. Oh, thank um, you. So, um, what made you want to come on and talk about the bay? Yeah. Well, so it's funny you should mention that. Like, not a lot of people have heard of this. I was one of those people until a few years ago. So it was like the first COVID lockdown that we were going through. And I was listening to another podcast that I really enjoy, The Evolution of Horror. Mm -hmm. And that host, Mike Munzer, was doing, like, recommendations for movies to watch in lockdown. And he mentioned The Bay. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, a found footage movie I've never heard of. Like, that's cool. And so I went into it without knowing too much about it. And it has the structure of like an outbreak movie like it mm -hmm. takes a while to reveal exactly what's going on and where the sickness is coming from but it plays out like an outbreak movie as i'm like sitting down locked down in my home while no one knows anything about what's going on with covid around me i was uh -huh. like maybe i shouldn't have done this um but i did and i did love it and i have watched it a few times since i really enjoy it every time i watch it so i keep going back to it yeah, I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, this is triggering. I'm having pandemic flashbacks. Because <laughs> I literally, Dude, I, I was kinda. aware of this movie coming out, but I didn't know anything about it. Like I knew there was like a disaster and it was maybe creatures, maybe a virus thing, but I really didn't know. And I didn't read anything about it. I just went in completely cold and was just like, oh, this is interesting to watch post, uh, mm -hmm. post lockdown. Most it does. Definitely. And I, I actually hadn't seen it in a few years. Um, I actually bought this at a family video on dvd in their clearance section nice. um and like 2015 <laughs> or so and i'd heard of it before um i like to keep up on movies as much as i can and so like i i had heard of it and i was like oh cool like 
clearance too you know it was like two dollars <laughs> we do and love a was, good sale in the midwest I, yes <laughs> I've been, i was from the midwest i have to tell you how much i paid for it yes um, <laughs> and i would have i would have paid more <laughs> but like i and i just remember the cover because the cover on like on voodoo mm. and streaming is the same cover that it has in physical media and so i, I like was the like, cover oh, of it it's a really cool cover and i was like all right you know i'm i'm down let's do this and I watched it, and I remember I was like, oh, this was really good. And then it does hit differently after the pan- pandemic because mm-hmm. the, you know, like, there's a lot in this that I'm like, oh, that, that that feels a little, <laughs> feels a little prescient, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little close to home. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I think this movie is a lot of fun. Um, I do, I have to ask you this because I know you said you love found footage. Mm-hmm. Have you seen The, t- the Tunnel? Yes. Australian. Oh, thank God. I, yes. We, uh, I, I love it. I love got you more. it. <laughs> I, um, I checked it out from the public library, which I like to do with weird stuff I can't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And like, there was one, um, like sometime I had some time off work and I was like, I'm just going to go get all the movies I can find at the library and just like, like all the scary stuff I haven't seen. And I found the tunnel. It's really good. Like yeah. it has a couple of really good scares in it. Yes. It I really enjoyed yeah, it. I think when the I atmosphere it. of it. And and that was one that like that when I think of found footage and pe- one that I think more people should see, that's like this and that are the, like the bay and the tunnel are like the two top of my list because i think they're both really good like and they're so good in different ways like this does feel like a documentary even if it was like a documentary made by netflix um and (laughs) like and then the tunnel just feels like it just has that like really foreboding air and like you know what's gonna happen like it tells you from the beginning of it but like it it's just how it progresses the story i think it's it's just creepy yeah it's well done very solid found footage yeah, I just I was like, very few people have seen it, so I'm all, every time I'm like, have you, if you like found footage, have you seen the tunnel? Oh, <laughs> like, I'll take your found footage <laughs> deep cuts any day because there's there's certainly stuff I haven't seen. You know, I'm Speaking always hunting. Speaking of found footage, do you know what Sean has not seen that I think is a travesty? If you say the Blair Witch Project, I am leaving this meeting uh, no, right now. No, no, <laughs> I saw, it's like I the saw taking that. taking of Deborah Logan. Oh, you do got to see that one, Sean. I know. I've heard such good things, and I, it's really I like good. really want to watch it, but it's just one of those that it's just it, it keeps escaping. Like I'll be all like, oh, I'm gonna watch that, and then something else will pop up, or I'll be all like, I'm gonna watch that, and then I'm like, oh no, we're gonna watch something happy. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to do an episode on it so that you have to watch it for homework. And Only it's if a you'll good, be on and it with it's us. A, and it's queer. All right. So it's uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I love the tape, and found footage is not my like go to subgenre. I don't like hate found footage, but it's not something I typically gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. But that one, like, I throw it on every few months because it's just great. It is a good one. I, it has a, so much going on in it. No spoilers at all. But it, it has a lot going on that I I often have forgotten something by the next time I watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was that. So, you know, super vague. But, yeah, there's a lot to it. I definitely yes. will check it out. And like I said, if we schedule it, will you come up? 
Sure. Sweet. <laughs> what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 2025, here we come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know. Maybe we'll start a Patreon. <laughs> hey, maybe. <laughs> we will start a I Patreon know. when you start contributing to editing, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will when you buy me a computer. Um, <laughs> uh so Clayton, we know you didn't see, you hadn't seen this. Would you recognize this? Would you recommend this movie if I could talk English? I Speaking would English. recommend this. Maybe not to everyone, but yeah, I would recommend this. How about you, Aria? Yeah, most definitely. I might put a little pop, pop a little content warning on there for anybody who's struggling, you know, post COVID. But uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you tend to like an outbreak movie or you tend to like a found footage story that unfolds, like, absolutely. And it does get in and out. I mean, when the credits start, it's what, like 80, basically 80 minutes. So it's. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. efficient. Yes. Yeah, there's no fact efficient. to this movie. No. Nope. Like, there's, it's, it's very much like they, it gets in, it gets out. Like, you get to know, you know, a few of the characters and. Mm-hmm. It's, it tells its story and then you know it leaves you with a little bit of a gut punch for the ending and then you're mm-hmm. and then it, it's on its way <laughs> yep well we're you guys sure. ready to get into the meat and potatoes of it let's just get right into it let's yeah. get into or the shellfish the... yeah Ugh. i was gonna yeah i was about to say i was about to say you want to get into the guts <laughs> Ooh, no <laughs> but i guess we better <laughs> if we must <laughs> Um, so a little bit of production. Um, I just, basically, I just wanted to bring up directed by Barry Levinson and written <laughs> by Michael Wallach. Um, and this was originally planned as a documentary about the problems facing the Chesapeake Bay. Um, but after learning that Frontline had already covered the subject, Levinson used the research to create a horror movie and says that the film is about eight, has about 80% factual information. Horrifying. Yeah. And a lot of it is true. The pollution levels, um, like it's, I, I know I said off, off, off mic that I did a little bit of research into it and it is about 45% of it is nutrient pollution from livestock. That is not good. No. Every time they mentioned how much chicken shit was being just pumped into the water and, oh, just so gross. So gross. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Lake Michigan was bad. <laughs> like, and well, that is at least blue. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> like, you know, maybe you don't eat the that. fish, but you can swim in it. Right. Okay. Just don't let it get in your mouth. You know? Yeah, you'd be all right. Uh, and, and the script was also originally a short story about a young couple who come across a dead town, um, which very much plays out in the story of Stephanie and Will, or Alex, I'm sorry, his real name is Will. Um, but Levinson, who enjoyed the script, asked Michael Wallach if it could be made into a documentary. Um, that was pretty much all I had for production. Um, I mean, the rest of it is just normal stuff. Um, cast, just a little bit of brief cast. Uh, Kether Donahue as Donna Thompson, who the only thing I recognize her from is Pitch Perfect. Um, but she's fun as Donna. I think she, she play she plays that self-deprecating really well Mm -hmm. like especially in the uh you know like the documentary scenes not where she's pretending to be a reporter yeah i always feel like found footage would be a tough genre to act in because like you're acting but you have to be this weird like 
unnatural in front of the camera and mm-hmm. I just feel like it's a tricky line to walk and I thought she did a great job. You have to be unnaturally natural. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and she has to do that in two different ways in this film because mm-hmm. there's the footage where she's being her on-camera presence for her news TV TV news job and then when she's just sort of like doing this, you know, all my cards on the table interview with this person when she's exposing all the stuff so yeah her performance is really strong when you consider she had to act like a real person in two different situations Mm -hmm. yeah and she does she does she does it really well i think she's a very grounding presence in it Mm -hmm. which is kind of nice because when you you know like having her talk about like oh she's your narrator so mm-hmm. for for this, so I think having a very grounding presence really like it kind of amplifies the story. Yes, and then we have Kristen Connolly and Will Rogers as Stephanie and Alex Talmet, the young couple. Which I, if if I, based on what I'd read about the screenplay, they were the original main characters hmm. um, of the short story. Um. We've got Stephen Kunkin as Dr. Jack Abrams, who I think is a, inc- like, he's a, he, he's a really good presence in this, too. The doctor who's just trying to save people. Mm-hmm. And I always feel bad for him because, like. I feel so bad for him. That'd be the worst situation. It just means, like, all my staff all left and. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he just, you know, he tries to help people to the end and then, you know, ends up getting it himself. Mm-hmm. Um. Christopher Denham as, and Nancy Luca as Sam and Jacqueline, the oceanographers. Yes. And that's basically the 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 main cast. They're the ones you see the, the most, most in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready to get into the to the plot plot? Sure. Yeah. Let's um, like dive I into this. Bay, <laughs> you know. Ha <laughs> ha. See what I did. <laughs> <laughs> don't quit your day job <laughs> um so i don't really think we need to go like beat for beat for beat um no. <laughs> like this is very much a movie on uh, like how it feels in a lot of ways and i think mm-hmm. a lot of uh, I, one of the things i like about this movie is it's it is an ecological horror film but it's very much about the hubris of man Um, which I think is always a awesome topic when you're watching a movie because us humans can be kind of dumb sometimes. And by sometimes, (laughs) sometimes sure. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about, um, off mic, we were talking about our 4th of July movies and a a couple of us watch Jaws. This is actually a great double bill with Jaws because really not only is it an ecological horror, it's also quite a political horror as well. Mm -hmm. Extremely. Mm-hmm. and just the whole like we can't shut this down because they get all their tourist money from the summer and yep it's gross well and it's just it's the it's that old adage money is the root of all evil and it's very much plays out in this because they ignore all the warnings until it's too late well sean as you know i grew up in church and that is not the saying it is the love of money is the root of all evil not money itself i've only heard it as money (laughs) well either way (laughs) either way yeah i was gonna say this one it kind of fits for both 
but yeah, I just, I, I, I do, I find it fascinating, especially in a post, like, post-pandemic kind of world, like, mm-hmm. to come back and see how, like, the government reacts in this movie, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's, there's a lot of short-sightedness that I think is very prevalent in many politicians and, like, politics itself, um, that I find absolutely horrifying. Not that I plan on making this a political, political discussion, but... Yes, you know. please don't. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, we yeah, we kind of can't avoid it in this movie, right? And True. I, you know, I won't... I won't go too deep. Um, I do think it represents some, like, real, like, red tape bureaucracy that... And it's like, I feel for the individuals involved, right? Like, if your job is to go to work every day and to execute X, Y, Z, and you do it, and you don't see the bigger picture around you, it is, it's, I have empathy for that. Like, that could happen to a person. But then when we're all the way zoomed out on this huge impact, um, it's, it's really sad because there's many people who could have seen this coming and stopped it from happening but like this department didn't know what that department was doing and it wasn't this agency's job and they tried to send it to this other agency but it didn't go through in time and that's just just very realistic there's just so much red tape and just the process and it's like people are doing what you know they know to do Mm -hmm. but outside of that you know it was just this huge and like this started however long before you know the events of this particular july 4th yep and could have at least been maybe mitigated not completely you know stopped right. but and instead well, it, a ton of people it died. could have been stopped like it they prove that at the end because they do stop it um it, they use the they use chlorine to essentially kill all the uh yes but i mean like uh, you know by the time they got information you know a few people had already died so but yes it could have been a much uh smaller disaster than it was right and I do think it's interesting. If I had seen this, you know, a few years back, you know, pre-2020, I would have thought this was ludicrous. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, oof. Yep. It's about about the way it goes. <laughs> One of my favorite parts in this movie is the um, Alex Jones-style conspiracy theorist on the radio. Mm-hmm. Just, like, listing all these things it could be instead of what it actually is. It's like... He says all types of stuff. He's like vaccines. Or I know clouds the vaccines cracked me up. I I was just like, oh my god! Like, had this been released post COVID, people would have said that's too on the nose. Mm-hmm. But like, nope, that just exactly is how it goes. Yeah, there's been a few things I've seen where it's like in the past you would have thought oh, people would never react like this in this situation, mm-hmm. and then covid happened and we're like oh no um that's that's how exactly how people would react in this situation (laughs) yeah well it's human frailty like we're uh in a lot of ways uh, we do not see like you said earlier ariel the bigger picture Mm -hmm. um like we very much are are very short-sighted in a lot of ways and that's one of the things that uh, you know it's in order to see that sometimes you can't focus on yourself in order to see the bigger picture. And that's not something a lot of people like to do. And I'm not going to lie. I have problems with it myself. (laughs) Well, of course, you know, if, if you're in this movie, if you're in the Bay and 
they're trying to keep the town contained, but you have a chance to escape with your family. Like, I probably would try to escape with my family, you know? Like, maybe not post-COVID now that I know more about, like, freaking how disease spreads and stuff, but, like, maybe previously I would have. It's hard, like... That is, I think, and I promise I won't make this a COVID podcast, but I think like... <laughs> I mean, one like the, you said, it is kind of like you have to talk... The similarities are just too strong. They're just there. Like, I, it is hard to think about like trying to manage a world, like a, like a pandemic on an individual level versus like telling people what to do. It's hard. And I think about there's a line in this movie where two people are talking and one person says, well, this was a success. Only 500 people died or however many. Mm -hmm. And the other person is like, yeah, 500 people died. And Mm -hmm. if it's your job to minimize the number of deaths, maybe 500 means you did a good job, but like to everybody impacted by those 500, that's horrible and horrifying. And like both things are true. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that it, you're absolutely right. Like it's, uh, that's one thing that I've realized in a lot of, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've, I've seen movies like Outbreak and everything like that. And mm-hmm. they're trying to save people, of course, but they're looking at the, like in a true format, they're looking at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to stop it from getting everyone yeah. as opposed to just helping you. And that's something that is both, infinitely terrifying nope just infinitely terrifying (laughs) (laughs) it's okay to just be terrified by that yeah yeah Yeah. and i and i mean they legitimately do quarantine this uh, Mm -hmm. quarantine them they turn off the cell phones you know they stop the tower they basically have no way to contact anyone Mm -hmm. they that they close the bridge and they have no idea who closes the bridge which i think is also you know like scary scary because you're just like who who someone has enough power to shut a bridge down but cannot no one can take credit for it right which i think is just terrifying (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, speaking of government response the other thing that's reminded me a lot of besides you know our real world real world pandemic i was getting a lot of cloverfield vibes with how the government was responding to this versus people on an individual level um which is another found footage film i actually really love is cloverfield Mm -hmm. um what year did cloverfield come out oh was it eight okay i think it's eight all right so before this yeah 2008 british yeah that's what i thought sometimes my noggin works (laughs) <laughs> yeah if i had if i didn't know this movie had come out in 2012 i would have thought this was like a pandemic horror movie mm-hmm. especially because it doesn't tell you right away you know as mm-hmm. like it's put together mockumentary style and i i like how you said earlier style of a netflix documentary i'm like ah, i know exactly what you mean mm-hmm. where they're trying to <laughs> it's make like sensationalist without being yes. like it's sensationalist but it's also trying to tell you the truth yeah, and it's it's and but it and, has a lean to it. Yes, exactly, and yes. that's very much what this felt like to me. Is every time I watch it, like, and when I first saw it, I was like, I didn't watch very much Netflix, and so like now that I've seen more Netflix stuff, it really I was like, oh, this is like a Netflix documentary. Yeah, because <laughs> like, like a different style of documentary, like a more straightforward style, would tell you at the beginning, like, 
this is about isopods and this is how it happened and then we're going to tell you beat for beat. But this story's like, we're not going to reveal it, we're going to reveal it slowly. So as a viewer, mm-hmm. you're like, was it zombies? Is it a bacterial infection? Like, are we doing a cabin fever thing? Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? And, you know, it, it ends up being literally like a perfect storm of like the animal feces in the water and the global warming making the bay too hot and isopods growing and government failing and it's just like this perfect horrible storm to put these bugs in your water yep it's gross. toxic soup essentially is what yeah they, they, they say that and, and I i'm think like that don't say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes you not want to go swimming in public no. like, or eat anyway. soup <laughs> Like, I don't want to eat soup anymore. (laughs) Or drink water. I'm just like, right? this is is nasty. I mean, I would rather have the cabin fever infection than this. Oh, that's a fun question. Would you rather have a bacterial or an infestation? Uh, I would 100% rather a bacterial. I mean, it it seemed seemed, uh, painful in cabin fever, but like having something, you could feel it inside of you, like eating you. Yeah, it sounds terrible, actually. Also, yeah. the creature in this is the Samothua exigua, which is the tongue-eating louse. So that's why they're missing their tongues. That because... makes me want to t- crawl in under my bed forever. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. So like, you know those no, stories you hear about people that, like, cut their tongue, like, licking an envelope and get, like, yes. roach eggs or something? <laughs> that's all I was thinking about during this. Like, oh, it's a yeah. tongue-eating... Oh. It's Should I tell good. you what the Samothua exigua does to your tongue? Ugh, I mean, sure, go for it. I guess you better. Um, so the female will actually attach itself to your tongue. Well, to a fish's tongue, not in, not in humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, they'll attach themselves to a fish's tongue and eventually, essentially, suck all the nutrients out until the tongue dies, and then it falls off, and the, the the exigua essentially becomes the new tongue and it uses itself to collect nutrients that the fish is eating or or digesting through the water that is disgusting i'm so glad i know this is this real or is this part of the movie's lore no that's real samothia i did a little research on the samothia exigua so first of all fish have tongues and that's upsetting to me to know Mm -hmm. now i don't like that (laughs) at all i don't like that piece of information oh no so this is a real thing that really happens to fish which means it could happen to us listeners yes i'm officially fear-mongering now yeah. fear monger <laughs> away it's, you're not wrong like, all it i have happen. decided in the last few days you know the whole titan submersible disaster is that we just have no business in the ocean man i'm with you on that or in space quite frankly yeah i mean space is space is scary but i feel like nasa knows what's down there and that's why they want to get out <laughs> <laughs> maybe See, i i love it's too it. scary yeah, I think it's terrifying, but that's, I don't know, I I like to think I'd, I'd go down there if I, maybe not in a um, pot I can't get out of, um, <laughs> not with, in a septic that's tank. made of carbon fiber, which is also a bad idea, just and ask the engineer. controlled by a off-brand game controller. And controlled by a controller that is less expensive than the one I have for my Xbox. Um, I, maybe not so much, but like, you know, in a professional 
a professional capacity yeah i love like james if, cameron if, going if, jimmy, the if jimmy cameron's on it i'll feel safe but otherwise eh, i'll pass but well I just, you're never I, you're I never completely safe just one nick and and the implosion like i yeah. tell you i you will never find me anywhere like more so than like waist deep in the ocean you will not if i am Agreed. in there i've been body snatched <laughs> i i i, I basically if i i don't i don't love the but, ocean but like if i do get in like i am not getting in past my nipples that's that's my water in the ocean okay limit. yeah don't get the head under because you never yeah. know and at, uh, that, at that depth you can still at least kind of see what's in there if something's coming you know most no i'm not gonna say it <laughs> Well, now you need to. God, now you have to. <laughs> um, um, a lot of shark attacks happen in about three feet of water. Oh, I know, and uh, I'm not too worried about sharks. They I'm seem... not either. Right. Yeah, I, no, I, just... I, I lived in Florida for five, six years, and sharks were never something I was oh, that concerned about. Oh, those are the least of your worries in Florida. Yeah, yeah, but alligators, like you would not catch me in fresh water, like with a gun to my head, You'd be like, shoot me. I'd... Did you see the movie Crawl? Of course yes. I've seen the movie Crawl. I saw that opening night in theaters. I liked it. Did you like it? I thought it was fun. I did. I oh, love a good so creature feature. Yeah. It was tense. I was Actually, scared. it was just on sale on Voodoo. I just bought it the other day because I hadn't bought it previously because Sean has it. So I just would watch it on his Voodoo if I needed to watch it. But <laughs> I was like, this is good. I want to own it. Yeah. <laughs> Too many scary sea creatures. Yeah. Well, it's... Well, that's one of the things I love about, like, I'm a sucker for water horror. I love a water horror movie. Like, if it is coming from the deep, I'm generally terrified, but so excited. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Do you yeah. have a favorite? Ooh. I know is... that's a, that's an impossible question. Can I guess the question. abyss? Is it the abyss? Oh, the abyss is really high up there. But I actually consider that more of an action movie than a water mm. horror I didn't um, love the abyss. Has... I only watched it once, and I didn't. I only watched. I think I watched the less good uh, edition. Yeah, of you it. didn't watch. You watched the HBO version, which wasn't the extended director's yeah, cut. Yeah, I have not seen the director's cut. And the director's abyss. cut is a much better movie. Like the abyss, the abyss is a really good movie. Also, I think you stayed up all night, so you were tired anyway. So you were just <laughs> when do I not stay up all night, Sean? <laughs> I know, but you always decide to watch the movies I love when you're like exhausted, and then you're pissed <laughs> off at them. <laughs> And so you're just oh, like, no. I fuck, I didn't like Escape from New York. And I'm like, well, you're fucking wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I didn't like it. And he was like, I, that was really, not I liked because... Okay. So to clarify, I was going through a big, I'm not a big fan of uh, 80s movies as a whole. I, I, they've grown on me, but the fashion and hair of the 80s is just really distracting to me. And I'd been going through and watching, you know, a bunch of those 70s, 80s classic franchises. And mm -hmm. so I just watched, you know, like all the Rambo movies, all the Lethal Weapon movies, you know, diehards. And then I watched Escape from New York. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't what I expected it to be, which is not the movie's fault. But I really aggressively hated it. And I was like, I'm never watching this again. I, I could see, though. After but it was because, you know, those... I'd been watching, like, yeah. you know, they were all alike. And I thought it was that type of movie. And it just wasn't. So if I had just like mm -hmm. watched it in a vacuum, I might have felt differently. But I disliked it enough. I was like, ugh, I can't believe John Carpenter had such a misfire. <laughs> oh, see, well, we're gonna have you to watch it again. That. <laughs> oh my oh. god, I do not need Twitter coming. I mean, although now, oh like you know, god, the algorithm buries, buries was... everything, so it's not like anybody <laughs> even see it to attack me about it. But 
I try to I not will. put hot takes like <laughs> feel free. You can you can post it and tag me and Oh absolutely you know, not. I would it. No, I'm not, that's essentially doxing you. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, he's he, you have done that to a couple movies I've loved though. You're just like, it was bad and I'm like, What time did you watch it? And you were like two AM and I'm like <laughs> Well, not two, because you, that's, like, middle of the day for you. Yeah, I'm like, I get um, up at, like, 5 p.m., Sean. So. Yeah, I was like, it's, like, 7 p- seven a.m., and he's like, oh, I'm like, what are you watching? He's like this, and I'm like, god damn it, you're gonna hate it. <laughs> like, because you have to be in a, the right it's frame 7 of mind. It's 7 a.m., I'm so time... exhausted, I've been up for 26 hours, I'm gonna watch Annihilation. Oh my god, I cannot stay, I am not a person who can stay awake like that. Freddy Krueger would get me, I'll tell you that. Oh, me too. Anymore, <laughs> I can I can stand there and fall asleep. Like I was like, I'm like a permanently exhausted pigeon. <laughs> like, Welcome to your thirties, Sean. I know it's it's great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but then what you can start doing is start getting up early and having your breakfast horror movie, which is what I like to do. Ooh, I love a breakfast horror movie. Me They're too. Always so good. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, See, like, today, did, that's what I basically did with this. Like, I literally set an alarm, got up, like, grabbed a snack, and just hopped into the bay. Like, I literally left it as soon as I woke up. This is not breakfast horror. I'm just going to go on the road. I will say I only ate half of my <laughs> breakfast. I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it gets, a little, it gets pretty gross right off the bat. Because, first of all, who has a shellfish eating contest? Um, them on the, on the coast? Weird beach towns. I guess. I mean, first of all, eating contests freak me out, gross me out in the first place. Like, Agreed. I just Right? It's just upsetting to me. But on the 4th of July, I I am familiar with pie eating contests. I am familiar with hot dog eating contests, right? And they always do that, do those contests, like, in the middle I, of summer when it's like hot. Like, on the hottest and... hot day and you've been drinking beer since freaking 7 a.m., if you, you know, some of us. And uh, <laughs> then they pack you full of sugar and nitrates. But, like, I have never heard of a shellfish eating contest. I, I hope that doesn't exist. I've seen so people that have, a, like, a crawfish really? eating contest. I've seen one of those happen. very upsetting. I, I agree. Well, and on the and East Coast, it's so much so... more... Oh, because all the all of it's infected. So, I mean... Yes. Like, ugh. Yeah, that is that is the scene in this movie that, like, absolutely I cannot watch. I'm like, ugh. Uh, do you know what my favorite little scene in this was? Mm. Uh, finding out that their beauty pageant was for Miss Crustacean. Oh, uh, yeah. My favorite <laughs> thing about maybe of, this, uh, and I know what you did last summer, the yes. Croker Queen. I'm just like, God, could you imagine being a beauty queen in one of these horrible little coastal towns and be like, I'm Miss Crustacean. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fish queen. Like, congratulations. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't even make it like a mermaid thing. Or I anything. know. And like mermaids sea are princess. right there. Yeah, and they're like, no, nah, we're going for crustacean. It's a gross word. <laughs> it's such a gross word. <laughs> like, it sorry, crustaceans. Word. I don't know if you have any crustacean listeners. I don't mean to offend them, but yes, it is a gross If you identify word. as a crustacean, that's uh, fine. You know, you do you. <laughs> you you know, live your we life. Love you. We, we love do you, love but you. it is a rough word. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people with moist. <laughs> oh, Sean. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. I know Clayton doesn't love that word. <laughs> I hate that word. It grosses me out. I'm not going to so tell much. you what words I don't like then, because then you're going to just say them to me. He will. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm not going to tell I you. will. I'll work them in the conversation. Don't but... do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, also, I have my answer for the best water, my favorite horror. Oh water my God, horror. I forgot I asked you that like an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I literally just looked up all, like went through my letterbox and I was like, those, yep, those. And so, of course, Jaws, like there's no different well, answer. Like, Jaws like doesn't count. Like it's like, you know, besides Jaws. It's the free space on your bingo card. Right, exactly. Um, I really love Leviathan. I think that one's a oh, lot of fun. Oh, I've not seen that. I have not Ooh, seen that either. That one's, that one's, it's a lot of fun. It, so it came out in that same period where The Abyss came out. So it was like, there were like three really like huge, like movie studio produced, like water underwater horror movies, like bottom of the sea underwater movies. Um, and then it was The Abyss deep star six which is also fun but stupid um and the uh <laughs> no, and leviathan fun and stupid yes um and leviathan has peter weller and the crazy the arresting eyed meg foster um God, her eyes and, are so blue oh her eyes are so blue i love it um and it's they are like an undersea mining team like well um and the people that do undersea mining are certifiable why would you ever do this for your career i don't care how much it pays i mean it pays the money you know and sometimes you gotta go where the money is um but they end up discovering like a russian like frigate that had been bombed and like torpedoed and destroyed and they find a, cla- a flask on it and inside the flask is like a mutagen and um what well, the heck is a mutagen um so essentially they were trying to create like human fish hybrids no <laughs> oh, I'm that's gonna just say what no. we need and so they create a they created a mutagen and they mm-hmm. destroyed the ship because it they couldn't control it and well you know Classic. somebody drinks it <laughs> i'm just gonna quick put this out there we don't need any more types of crossover species made by us Humans it will never settle down well. on that. No more. Yeah. It's a bold okay. stance, I know, but I'm saying it. Yes. Someone has Work to. on, you know, climate change or something. <laughs> yes, something. <laughs> Even though I feel, I feel like we're, like, a little bit past the, like, ability to be able to, you know, fix it. Why are we making more species? I no. always... <laughs> I always feel like this is where Jeff Goldblum and Jurassic Park always pops into my head. Yes. And he goes, your scientists were so preoccupied on whether they could, they didn't stop to think whether they should. Mm. Then he goes. And that is exactly what I think of every time I think of something like that. <laughs> and um, then he says, uh, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Oh, and also yeah. I have two more. Deep Rising which is a ton of fun. Um, that one's less, it, it is a horror movie, but it's kind of like action water horror. Um, and it's about a cruise ship that gets attacked by like these tentacle monsters. Ooh, I love um, the tentacle monsters. Yeah, and it has Treat Williams, rest in peace, um, and Famke Janssen. Oh, love Famke. Yeah, she's, and um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the other one I would say is probably deep blue sea okay yeah. yeah i do love deep blue sea i've seen deep blue sea i haven't seen any of the other ones you mentioned uh sphere is a good one too um i don't i feel like I all the ones you're naming better. i'm just like mm, are they are they good 
I don't know yeah. if you guys listen to the Gaylords of Darkness podcast. I have not. Uh, mm-hmm. I adore them. Um, not to plug another podcast on your no, podcast. No, I love finding a new podcast. They reference Sphere a lot, and so I feel like that's one I have to watch. Uh, so I read the book when I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade. Um, so it had a like, and I didn't see the movie until after I read the book. So I think the movie is good, and I think it's done very well. Um, I. I like it, but I love the book and like, which is surprising because I, I am a big Michael, Michael Crichton fan and he does not write characters very well. Um, so like in sphere, there's like situations. Yeah. He's really good at putting people into situations, but he has no idea about those people. Um, and so like, it's very like sphere. If you ever try and read it, it is a book of like unlikable people generally trying to do unlikable things um and like they're not humans is what you're saying (laughs) yeah like yeah basically humans um but it the movie's really good it's got um sharon stones in it she's really good this is like short-haired sharon stone (laughs) the best sharon stone yep samuel l jackson and uh dustin hoffman so what a what a cast cast. yeah (laughs) yeah Mm mm-hmm and um uh Liev Schreiber's in it, I believe. Too. Aww. Oh. Yeah. And um Peter Coyote. Or Pi- Peter Coyote. I don't know, depending on where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that you said that. Because I do say coyote when I'm talking about animals. <laughs> Obviously I say coyote. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh people around here call say coyote, so I yeah, always I was say like either uh, Peter to me, Coyote that's coyote. Or Peter Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I try and be inclusive. <laughs> both pronunciations are accepted. Oh, that's good to know. I, have heard I feel both. like this is somehow my fault that we are way off track, and so I do apologize. I feel like oh. I somehow did this. No, you're absolutely good. We are a like honestly, our subtitle should be a. a podcast of tangents we have tangents i like that though when i listen to your episodes that makes it feel fun like i the one i listened to most recently was the repo episode and that one was so fun i'm glad you liked it yeah yeah i loved it i apologize for my singing no no that's i mean you have to when you talk about repo you have to because zydrate comes in a little glass vial it does a little glass vial a A little little glass glass vial (laughs) yes but yes the bay um Um, so yeah no sorry go ahead i again just the pandemic familiarity just when they are like so wash your hands keep your gloves on and whatnot and she's like Mm -hmm. right because people are so good at following these instructions well they say that to the doctor and he does do that um a lot of good it did him well that was the point is like how easily it was it was passed like it's larva like they're you couldn't disgusting really see them. absolutely disgusting yeah. <laughs> every single time they showed the inside of that fucking fish yeah, with, dude. <laughs> with the the larva just squirming around eating them from the inside just ugh. and i i really find the part where the guy's like it shows the guy who called like webmd and, it, and he like lifts his shirt and his stomach is just moving oh that, that was the I, only part that i was just like really Oh, I find that, I find it creepy, because I would be, ugh. It was just so exaggerated, and, like, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't still be standing if there was stuff in there that was making his stomach move to that degree. 
Well, it depends. No. It depends on if it is inside his organs or on the outside of them. If it's eating its way in, his skin would move like that, but he's not... Like, I don't know. It could be just movie time, but, like, people can go through a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. I um I felt so bad for the little girl who's on FaceTime with her friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was She's about like, to mention her. My parents are gone. Everybody's dying. Doctors aren't helping. And she's so calm in this situation. Like, you could tell she's scared, but, like, that girl is just so calm. And I was like, oh, man, she should have just taken the microphone from Donna. And, like, <laughs> she would have been a great news reporter. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene I really like where, because uh, this movie shows a lot, right? Like, we're talking about the body horror that it shows. But there's a scene where they choose to let you listen instead of showing you what's going mm-hmm. on from the police footage from outside mm-hmm. the house. Uh, you, uh, the officers? Yes. Mm-hmm. That scene is chilling. Because you can so kind of hear it. And you, like, there's a guy yelling and his tongue is gone. And then he comes out and he throws up. And you don't know what's going on. Like... That's something I think found footage can do really well when it sticks to the format and uses the format to its advantage where you might see something but not hear it or hear something but not see it. They, I think that scene nails it. I agree. I think that yeah. is when found footage is most effective because mm-hmm. there are a large amount of found footage movies where it's like they wouldn't still be filming. Like this is so... <sighs> yes. It like takes you out of the experience. I, and I love when they do stuff like that. And sometimes, especially, you know, what you don't see is so mm-hmm. much more effective and your mind's putting it together when it's like, you know, it's, what's, it's crawling out of them. They're everywhere. Just Well, it's the Hitchcockian or Spielbergian film of thought. You know, like, I know Spiel, Spielberg did his out of necessity, not out of want. Yes. But, like, what you don't see is scarier than what you do see most of the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes. Just, yeah. <laughs> For the most part. Um, that barren annihilation is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god. I'm so scared by things that steal voices. Like, in horror, mm-hmm. that is a terrifying concept to me. Like, um, uh, the movie Dead Silence from 2007. Oh, uh, bless you. I loved it. I love <laughs> Dead Silence, too. It's so I mean, bad, and huge, I love it. <laughs> I'm, I love James Wan. I will literally watch anything he puts in my eyeballs. But, like, I love Dead Silence, and but there's like scenes that really scare me because something about voice stealing really freaks me out. Uh, it's because so. your name is Ariel. Me, <gasps> <gasps> dude, I literally have never thought of that. You're welcome. And now I connected it the sort dots. Of checks out. Um, Gosh dang it! Wow. I mean, that was... that changed my life. Yeah, I was like, I can tie anything into the little mermaid. <laughs> Just come on this podcast. Yeah. He'll just yeah. take got, your heart I've gone out to a lot of therapy. You. I can just boop, <laughs> connect the dots right for you. My goodness. Yeah, that must be why. That must be why. I think a sea witch is going to steal my voice. <laughs> well, hey. maybe not a sea witch, but a sea louse, which is what these things are. Yeah, <laughs> so scary. Ugh, it's so gross. Uh, I don't I like just... bugs. And bugs in the ocean are just... Ugh. It sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Like... At bugs in the ocean like right, it, right. it just doesn't sound like it should be there <laughs> well they're crustaceans and i am the queen of them apparently <laughs> i 
audio. Um, <laughs> oh my, is that why you guys had me on this episode? Definitely. For my, my crustacean-adjacent mermaid name. <laughs> well, wait, 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 I'm wait, actually wait, wait. the one who back? set this up, and I knew nothing about what the bay was about, so it was completely <laughs> just a wonderful coincidence. Okay, wait. Can we put... Can you say crustacean-adjacent one more time for me? No. Because I love those words together. <laughs> that is <laughs> like... Crustacean-adjacent. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just hear words, to, like, and you don't expect them to, like, when they put together just to sing like that, but they do. Yeah, I I know what you mean. <laughs> Sorry, I I just no, I heard it good. and I was literally just like, oh, I love that. <laughs> well, good. That's literally the first time these connections are ever being made. So you heard it here first, folks. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who did you feel the worst for in this doesn't... movie out of the various victims that we see? I'm sorry. Who did you feel the worst for in this movie out of the various victims that we are privy to witness their demise? It's <sighs> a good question. It's really hard because I feel like it's all of them. Um, I I think you're absolutely right on Jennifer, the the FaceTiming girl, because she dies, you know, alone, sadly. Um, the doctor who keeps, you know, recording, you know, up until his own passing away, and he's alone too because everyone's left. You know, um, or those well, kids I mean, he's who not jump alone. into the the isopods are with him. <laughs> yeah, are we that's... counting that as company <laughs> yeah i mean i watched this with subtitles to make sure i caught everything and there was an uncomfortable amount of isopods chittering squelching mm. i always appreciate a good uh, subtitle track that includes <laughs> wonderful little descriptors like that squelching squelching good. yeah that's a word that's that's one of them <laughs> and i'm like why are these isopods chittering they're undersea creatures they don't need to talk Maybe they're talking to each other. We don't know what they have going yeah, on. They're like, man, this dinner is great. <laughs> have you guys been to this restaurant yet? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Tongue. Have you had her tongue? Like, it's oh my like, god! It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but with like <laughs> sea bugs. <laughs> and also, <laughs> they're not know. ordering pizza; they're eating humans. <laughs> where? Yes, I was gonna say, where the pizza? <laughs> they're just oh, I'm no. eating boys. <laughs> right yes <laughs> yeah i'm glad you caught my jennifer's body reference in our notes <laughs> uh i actually d- oh i didn't even see that that was yeah totally i back said to we I... see poor jennifer's body and I was uh, like, that's so funny i, I was like I that's for clayton <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i hadn't read your notes because i was like i haven't seen this i don't know i just hadn't even read them that's funny <laughs> um i who do you feel the worst for are you i mean everybody right i think i feel the most for donna and that's probably just because she's the one telling the story right like Mm -hmm. she's the central character but i really do feel for her like she is put in an impossible situation an unfair situation she is a college student doing an internship and she really wants to go into like news media which is not I I can't imagine is an easy field to break into, like Mm -hmm. doing local news. And her, like, mentors at the news station at one point are mocking her behind her back. And she finds herself in this horrible situation and she's trying to report the news. She's trying to do what she imagines her, like, she thinks her job is to do. Like, she could run away, but she's like, we gotta get this. And her cameraman dies and she feels bad about that. 
And then it essentially ruins her life after she like blows the whistle and she doesn't get to do this career that she wanted. And yeah, I think, I think part of the reason I feel bad for Donna too is sort of like a meta reason outside the film, which maybe isn't fair, but I feel like a lot of people dislike this film because they're like, a woman is talking and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which maybe isn't true, but I do Uh, like some of the negative reviews, (laughs) some of the negative reviews I read of this movie, I'm like, oh, you just didn't like that a young, confident woman was in charge of a situation and revealing this story to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, especially if you're putting that in reviews, I would feel like that's a fair assumption. Mm -hmm. Um, Clearly, as we have seen, (laughs) women are not valued, apparently, and less they're just making babies. So, yeah, misogyny (laughs) is alive and well in 2023. It can be. It can be. And so I wonder if that creeps into this movie a bit. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I just feel bad for Alex because he's just having a good time with his wife and kid and dies horribly. One of the things that really stinks about that is, like, his wife accidentally dooms him. Like, they're, like, and she does save herself, technically, but like when they were he was joking around with throwing her in like but you know like a little just one innocent push from your wife and you're gone mm-hmm. like and he gets arguably a, one of the worst you know like yeah his eruptions is bad. his is pretty hers is pretty bad but i mean it's just yeah that's a that's a rough one I just don't like seeing bugs and things crawl out from under skin. It's It's not good. No, it's just one of those things that really gross. Like, obviously, I love horror and will watch really graphic shit. And that's just one of those things that even, you know, even in The Mummy, when, like, the scarabs are underneath the guy's skin and, you know, that horrible CGI, I'm still just like, It's not, yeah, it's really uncomfortable. And then sometimes, so... I know a lot of people have these nightmares about bugs crawling under your skin, right? Like that's a common stress dream to have, and that's a stress I'm so dream glad that I, I have. Not had that dream. Watch it. That's good. Tonight. Oh, my stress <laughs> dream is my teeth falling out, and then I wake up and I'm horrified. I've had that one too. Uh, I have this weird dream, and like I have sleep apnea, so it could. I haven't <laughs> since I finally got a CPAP. It hasn't happened as much, but I feel like sometimes when I couldn't breathe in the night, mm-hmm. I would dream, and this is such a weird thing. I would dream that i was eating bubble gum but like a ton of like i would just keep eating it and then i would get this giant wad of gum in my mouth and i couldn't breathe and was choking and so i'd literally be taking both of my hands and just pulling out like wads and wads of strings of bubble gum and it like trying to get it all out and like dig it out of my mouth and couldn't and so that's really the only comparison i have and every single time i'm just like oh this is horrible that sounds but so never, stressful. It's so stressful because you're just like, oh, it just keeps coming and coming and coming. And in my dream, I'm just like, why did I eat 10 pounds of bubble gum? <laughs> <laughs> I regret my decision. And like everybody's just standing around just like looking at you as Not you're just helping. like pulling out. Like, you know, it's like you're the magician with a scarf. Just <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, horrible. Mm. Ugh. Yes. It's just awful. What did you guys think of the mayor? Um, he was the one that deserved to be, you know, <laughs> I mean, I can't decide if that's his fate is worse or better. Well, we yeah, didn't I get mean, the details clearly... of his accident, but I wish he would have gotten eaten. 
he went to the Jaws school of how to be mayor. He went to Amityville Mayor School. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, but one of the things I've always loved about Jaws is you yes he you know he's very much uh like he's the mayor and he does make a bad decision but like after you know a- after everything that happens with the shark in the estuary like not to bring up jaws in this, but like it, it's he's visibly shaken like he is not in a good spot like he's very much like you know like he's he was looking out for the town's best interests like and he it makes him human and i just feel like this guy was very much like like and that's you know yes he does do this you know like august like he starts trying to think ahead of it but like that's kind of his job to do and that's one of the things i don't like uh like this like this guy he's very much like we shut it off because we want to keep everybody quiet and like that you know, that girl with the cameras running around, but we had the FBI stopper. Like, you know, like he's very much just like, oh, nope, I'm going to keep this quiet. <laughs> like, you know, we see him after they, you know, create this thing to filter the water. And he's like, this is the best water ever, even though it was still contaminated. And I'm like, he drank it. But, you know, they did have that factoid that, you know, not everybody was affected and they don't know why, mm-hmm. which is, you know, just a thing with human bodies. But I'm like, of all people to not get infected, why well, and also. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, that also could have happened months before. Like, the the whole point of it is, like, this, the like, it was a, a determinate amount of factors caused the toxic soup. Sorry to bring that up again, Mario. <laughs> um, but, like, that, it necessarily, it wasn't happening before that. Like, I took it as, like, the desalinization plant, because they have the report, like, from before all of this. Like, the desalinization plant could have worked, but the problem is, if you're still contributing to the factors that are creating this this essentially, you know, deadly mix in the, in the water, like, the desalinization plant isn't going to help you. So it could have been, it could have just been, he, when it opened, and yes, he drank it, but they may not have been essentially the growth hormones that they may not have like created the perfect storm that used to create these things or mutate them beyond their normal, their normal tininess. <laughs> not to, normal, yeah, like, tininess. normal tininess. Normal tininess. <laughs> <laughs> when they're just eating fish tongues. Yes. Cute yes. and tiny. Yeah. When I can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> Is when I'm less terrified of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's always what I, that's why I took it. Because it's, it, it, like, the desalinization plant is supposed to have been, have been open for a while. But, like, it's, they are essentially taking the water from the bay and filtering it back to people. But the larvae are so small, it gets past the filtration. Which is why this outbreak happens. And I, Which is a really horrifying thought that, you know, mm-hmm. you're just drinking your water, the elixir of life, and something's eggs are in it. Just mm-hmm. I use a water filter and I'm just like, well, that doesn't help very much people there. But like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to think about that because I like water too much. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. I mean, clean water is a real, a real issue. 
in mm-hmm. lots of parts of Have the world. they ever fixed that fucking city that has uh, had clean water for no. yes, Flint, Flint, Michigan. No, I, I have family in Flint and it is not fixed. No. It's <clears throat> lovely. The they government bring it up just every couple doesn't years, care. but nothing happens. Yeah. Aaron Brockovich, get on it. <laughs> She could have done it without the wonder bra. Um, <laughs> All right, hold on. Do we? If we're gonna bring up her breasts, then we need to. I don't oh, know. I'm sorry. Have I have to. I have to bring up. I ha- I always think of when I think of Aaron Brockovich. I think of Jennifer Tilly and Seed of Chucky when she's just like, I could have done it without the wonder bra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry, I wasn't trying to make it. <laughs> no, I was like, I feel like we need to flip this into some sort of feminist discussion, but I didn't have anything for it anyway. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I was like, I swear, I think of Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> I, no, I checks out. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and that's I what I, because I love it. I was going to say, Aaron Brockovich is a great movie, and I think it's fantastic. But I do always think of Jennifer Tilly as just going, like, I was up for Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine a version of a version of Aaron Brockovich with Jennifer Tilly in that role? I watched the shit out of that. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> I feel like she would have won an Oscar. I feel like it's just a role you could have done that with. Yeah. Like, I, I, not to downplay Julia Roberts, because I think it is, like, a very deserved Oscar win. Um... But like I, I think Jennifer Tilly is so underrated. <laughs> Tangent number twenty four. Um, and but like Jennifer Tilly is, I think she's very underrated. I think she's, I think she gets a lot of appreciation and like, you know, like movie and like especially horror circles. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she gets as much from like mainstream media as she really should. That's such a problem for horror, you know, royalty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to, sometimes it's hard to break past the stigma of horror. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jamie Lee finally won an Oscar, so. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like we all won an Oscar that day. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, personally, I still wish Stephanie personally, had, it was, yeah, had, it had won that, but, yeah. you know, of, that's I, seeing horror yeah. royalty up on that stage was nice. And she yes. did thank the genre fans, and that was cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, she wouldn't, I mean... Yes, her mom was huge, and, like, the reason she's, one of the reasons she was picked for Halloween is because of her mom, but, like, she really did. She did it. She, you know, Ultimate like, yeah. Nepo made, baby yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah. Well, but she has the talent to back it up, which yeah. is something that not every Nepo baby can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm all for nepotism babies. I love the fact that there's, like, Hollywood royalty. Sometimes I do think they'll, like, like, when you hear multiple people are up for a role and they pick, like somebody you're not like i don't think would be the best pick for a role then i'm like you're going for the name i get it but like and but then sometimes let dakota they johnson you. do whatever she wants yeah dakota johnson could do whatever she wants <laughs> so uh, the i end- just oh, i want to go back like 30 seconds and just isolate the audio of you saying I, I love Nepo babies. I got no problem with Nepo babies. <laughs> and just like save that and somehow it'll get used against you someday. Yes. You know, somebody <laughs> will take this out of context uh-huh. and they'll just like, I, every time Sean we talk on a podcast. Love Nepo babies. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's really funny. Yeah. I was like, someday people are going to take all of the, like, they're going to go through the podcast and they're going to be all like, cancel. <laughs> Hey, if they give you the downloads and the listens along the way, then yeah, you know, thanks for the engagement. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, <laughs> I was like, there's no such thing as bad publicity. I mean, right. look at Joe Rogan. Bad takes everywhere, and oh, he has God. so many listeners. Ugh. He he does. <sighs> I am not one of them because gross. Um. So yeah. back to the day. Uh, <laughs> back to gross. The <laughs> the end of this. We get a quote, uh, the town as a whole reached a financial agreement with the government. I'm not sure how much money changed hands, but I know silence is part of the agreement. How did that make you feel? Uh, I mean, that's exactly what would happen. You know, there would be, you know, there's always going to be a few outliers, but the town itself is what's, you know, like for the most part, enough money, if enough money gets into your hand, generally a lot can happen. And I think that's, that's, that is honestly just human nature. And I feel like I, so I don't know if I can actually point to any real historical examples of that, but I feel like I've heard a lot of No, because people aren't allowed to talk about it. (laughs) Well, right, right. But I've heard, you know, like in movies and stories and podcasts and things of like, oh, and this town went through this disaster and then it was a big cover up. And so it's like a really scary idea that a whole town could come together and just agree. Well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, and the funny thing is, is we, I didn't even plan this, but like Aaron Brockovich, like that's <laughs> yeah. legitimately that that's a lot of Aaron Brockovich is the aftermath of this movie. Um, and it's yeah. people who like and their story was you know told because they got to sue the company mm-hmm. but imagine it was a government sanctioned thing like the government's never gonna allow that out mm-hmm. ever like they're not gonna say anything they're, they're not gonna allow anything said there will be ndas up the wazoo mm-hmm. and i you know like it's which i i, I love the fact that we have an Aaron brockovich reference i'm not even <laughs> playing <laughs> like, yeah. it's meant the, to be this what this and aaron brockovich would be a good double feature too Apparently. surprisingly yeah <laughs> like this is what happens after this is you know <laughs> yeah why not but it's yeah i i do think that there's i don't know there's just so much i hate conspiracy theories like nothing makes my eyes glaze over more if somebody starts talking (laughs) about one but the fact that that could happen and you know you hear about disastrous stuff all the time and it's just like you know and like the end of this the official line from the government was that the outbreak was due to unseasonably high water temperatures like how many of these stories Mm -hmm. you know it's just uh, for me it's just like a passing thought i know some people get really into it like no this is what really happened but the fact that they have the power to cover up something like that mm-hmm. it's really scary it is but i think about like what would my number be like if i had to get offered an amount of i was going to ask that I, I was like what is you your know? No- what would your number be you know say I don't uh, know. a loved one died from a thing and the government's like here we'll pay you off like what number would make you abandon your morals <laughs> i don't know but it must exist there oh, must yeah. be a number for me anyway, but I don't know what it would be. I feel like we all have $10 million price. and you never pay taxes the rest of your life. Sure, we could work something out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't, you know, I don't mean to sound heartless. I just, I know myself. I'm sure there's a number. Yeah, I mean, I'm very much, so, I believe, like, there's a price for pretty much everything. Mm. And, well, isn't, and it's... isn't that the heart of this movie, capitalism? Yes. <laughs> 
Well, but it's also, like, when you lose so much, like, it's hard to lose everything yeah. and get nothing gained. Yeah, you might like, as well, like... to go well, through all of this and lose, like, l- could you imagine losing your entire family and then there's just nothing? Right. Like, like, like Stephanie it, and it, Alex, maybe... they have a new baby and he died horribly. I'm sure, you know, set her up with a nice Ivy League college fund and we're good. And not yeah, even just, true. not even just the father, the grandparents of that baby died too. That's true. Like her mother and father are both dead. Like there's, like she's, she essentially is a single mother now. Like not to say where his parents are or anything like that. And like, mm-hmm. we don't know anything about them, but like she doesn't, she lost her parents and her husband on the same night. Yep. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth yeah. of July, Julie. And I mean, (laughs) and I mean, you do have like, there is um, like, everyone has a price. Like, I will never, I absolutely believe that everyone has a price. It's, you know, just getting you to that point where, where that price is. I just want to be rich enough. I can be like, well, we're comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's how, you know, people really are rich when they pull the comfortable line. Uh-huh. Also, they um, really love free stuff. Rich people love free stuff. Yes. Like, what can you get me for free? Like, you can pay for it. <laughs> so, I will say, even though this movie was very dark, do you know what made me laugh very hard at the end of this? What? Donna being, this is Donna, signing off. I'm like, who she thinks she is? Ellen fucking Ripley. Like, you're making a little documentary. <laughs> Did you really need to say it? This is Donna signing off at the end. Um. <laughs> Just to skip a little bit before that, um, I think another really good line for this, and I think you actually brought it up a little bit earlier, earlier Ariel, um, or it might have been you, Clayton. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Um, when he said, when the CDC guy is talking to the guy from, uh, I think it's Homeland Security, um, and he's like, "I've got a town full of dead bodies." So he goes, "A small town." I think we need to keep this whole thing in perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. I just, that is the most terrifying line of this whole movie for me. Like, this is the most terrifying part, is they consider 700, like, 700 people had died by the time, like, Alex and Stephanie get to the island, or get to, get to Claridge, and, like, countless many die afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is considered an acceptable loss. Yeah. It's very sad. It's it's scary because like somebody's job is to run the numbers and decide what statistically is an acceptable loss. And like the number can't be zero. So they have to decide on, you know, some other number. And, but then for everybody around that, it's just that much devastation. Mm-hmm. I yeah, can't just imagine one person dying. In fact, I mean, unless horrible. Were, you know, Charles, um, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge and then, you know, them dying just makes people happy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one person's death affects, it's not just that it affects them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, that's a very sad, very realistic part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad for the people that have to make those kind of decisions. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's just you know, doing their job. And, uh, yeah. And I do think, like, some of it is messaging, right? Like, there's a way to coldly be like, only 700 people died, woohoo! Or you could be like, 700 is too many, and we're glad it wasn't 701, or whatever. I am not in marketing. But, like, messaging can make a huge difference on that. Mm -hmm. 
It absolutely yeah. can. For sure. So do you guys have any final thoughts before we rate this bad boy? No, I I think I pretty much got what I wanted out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a good little gross little fourth of July eighty minute fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ariel, since you're the guest, mm-hmm. what would you rate this on a score of zero to five stars? Zero to five stars. I'm gonna go with three and a half because it's got enough like I, I like nastiness in movies and so it's got a good amount of nastiness, squelchy body horror, gotta love it. And mm-hmm. I really like Donna. chittering. <laughs> a lot of chittering. I love a chitter. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go three and a half. And Sean, what about you? Uh I absolutely agree. Three and a half is what I rated it as well. <laughs> nice. Um I think this movie is and I think this movie is very much a um it's not just a great creature feature it's also very scary to see like some of the workings behind you know like just how real this feels Mm -hmm. and like how real this feels like how much it feels like this could happen tomorrow and this is exactly how it would play out and you know we've already seen a lot of it from the you know like the pandemic and COVID nineteen and all of this, and 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 all of it, and we have, you know like we've learned a lot a lot about like our human frailty and sometimes the ineptitude of our own government, which is also absolutely terrifying considering mm-hmm. they're the people in charge, <laughs> <laughs> and I just I. I think this movie is really, a, a really, really, you know, like you said, nasty, nasty little, uh, nasty little eco horror. Mm-hmm. How about you, Clayton? Uh, as I've mentioned, found footage is not my preferred subgenre of horror, but I did enjoy this. It was kind of gross. Like, I I settled on just a 3 out of 5, which is fine. I don't need every movie to be a 5 out of 5 for myself. I enjoyed it. I didn't have a bad time with it. It was yucky. It was a good story. I thought it was well put together. Um, But, yeah, I settled on good old 3, right down down the middle. Very solid. It's not, you know, Blair Witch, but it's also um, not the worst. Not the worst one I've seen. And found footage can (laughs) really be a mixed bag. So I was... It really can. I was pleasantly surprised. I'll put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) I know I I've been wanting you to watch this, so I'm so glad you fi- you finally got to. Yeah, because I'm glad I, I got it out of the way finally. Because I I like found footage, I think slightly more than you. You do. Um, and I think that this is this one's a really good one, and this is one I've been wanting you to watch for a while. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you finally. It's did. the one nice thing about the podcast we can finally like force each other to watch things <laughs> that we've just never gotten around to. Yes. So the people on Letterboxd gave this an average score of 2.9 which a tiny bit on the low side i would think but you know for found footage and letterbox uh that yeah. conjunction of <clears throat> minds doesn't tend to leave really high scores generally <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know 2.9 uh, i'll take it it's i gave it a three so i can't argue with that too much <laughs> so ariel do you have anything you want to plug where can people find you on the socials yeah most definitely you can find me on twitter instagram and letterboxd at ari underscore hellraiser 
I'm most active on Twitter and Letterboxd, and I will link all my other writing and podcasting that I do on my Twitter. So follow me there. Cool, cool. And I know we both have an episode coming up on Jaws on the Pod and the Pendulum. So that's a fun fun little little coincidence. Yeah, it is a coincidence. It's cool. Yeah, I thought that that. was so funny. You were like, I'm doing one on Jaws, and I'm like, wait, where? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you want to find behind the curtain. Our podcast, our podcast is everywhere. You can find it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search the pod. You'll find it. Uh, if you want to find me, I am on Twitter and Letterboxd most often at just happy to see you. Number two, letter C, letter U. Sean is on Twitter and Letterboxd as well at Murph the smurf m-u-r-p-h-t-h-e-s-m-u-r-p-h i don't know why i said it like that i'm sorry (laughs) it's fine fine. uh if you want to email us about anything about episodes or just chat or if you have some suggestions or something our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com and yeah that's how you can get a hold of us so what are we watching next time well we will be watching a first time watch for you next time we're gonna be unpacking killer joe the unrated cut or you know more specifically the nc-17 cut and i'm not so excited to see that oh it's it's great it's a nasty nasty movie with matthew mcconaughey and gina gershon gives fellatio to a chicken leg um well yep (laughs) All right, I've never even heard of this. How have I? How have I fully missed this? I'm putting it on my watch list right now. You should. It's a. It's a very good. It's uh based on a um. Oh my God, Tracy Let's Play, and yeah, it's got Matthew McConaughey, Gina Gershon, Juno Temple, Emil Hirsch. It's basically all of this. Yeah. <laughs> basically anything with Juno Temple just makes Clayton. Yeah, so happy. I love Juno Temple. Sean does not. <laughs> So I don't but, yeah. no, I don't not love her. I just she's not you like adore everything she's in and I saw Magic Magic and I did not love it. See, and... I didn't watch that one, so I don't Oh, it was so her. yeah, I'm glad you you sh- I want to mm. make you watch it just because I I just liked it. But then again, I think that's a movie that's like it's marketing does it in a little bit. So maybe Ugh, it's because I was... started on how movies are marketed. Marketing should be <laughs> and like I just I, I I am generally trying to be open minded and there was not a lot about that movie that I like. But that's so not sorry. what we're talking about next week. Yes, so. no. Kill, killer Joe. And uh, Okay. Ariel. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you like podcasts, the best way you can help them out is give them a rate and review. It just takes a few seconds, and it helps a fuck ton, however algorithms work. But yeah, so if you have the time, it helps a ton. And don't forget to be kind to people out there. The world sucks. It's not that hard. Ariel, thank you so much for coming to talk to us about this. I'm so excited to talk to you again on Saturday about Jaws. And it was fun to finally meet you, meet you. And thank you so much for talking about this nasty little... uh, crustacean adjacent <laughs> crustacean adjacent yay oh my movie. god i want to have a tagline for everyone and that one should be this one crustacean adjacent there you go yeah no thank you guys so much for having me this was such a blast so much fun to meet you guys i can't wait to talk more movies and i can't wait to watch this killer joe and listen to the episode because it looks matthew mcconaughey i'm in yeah, it's a and it's a very different role for him so it's uh, all right fun. i'm really excited to talk I'm about ready. it Yeah, but until next time, everybody, bye. Bye. Bye.